you've arrived. You've arrived to the Nipple Whiskers podcast with your host Bob Dog. He doesn't like you either. Come along as he explores the shadows of yesterday's failures in order to gain the knowledge required for a better tomorrow. The journey starts now. Let's go! What's happening, folks? What's happening, folks? Bob Dog checking in with you once again. Nipple Whiskers Podcast. Oh, thanks for tuning in. I can sit here, say it till I'm blue in the face, but I'm going to go ahead and save me the breath and save you the time, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in. Um, Truly mean it. Thankful for every one of y'all. I love you all equally, and I hate you all the same. So, Bob Dog checking in with you. Today's topic, typically I do this on my other podcast. For those that don't know, I do have particularly Packers podcast, but that's typically NFL. Um, I'm going to wrap it up and try to... Do more of that in the nipple whiskers realm just so I have more of the content there. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, football, football. We're talking football today, folks. Wild card weekend. It is finally upon us. Super exciting. Been looking forward to this one a long time, especially as a Packers fan. We're finally back in the mix, and that's always good. That's always good. Um We'll start. Let's start with the wild card weekend since I'm already on the subject. Couple games coming up. We got the Browns versus the Texans. That's going to be a good one. We also have the Dolphins versus the Chiefs. We have the Steelers versus the Bills. Packers versus the Cowboys. Rams versus the Lions. And the Eagles versus the Buccaneers. On this one, I'm going to tell you who I pick and why, real quick. This first game is an indoor game. This is the Browns versus the Texans. Um, it is an indoor game, so weather will not be part of this one. And. The most important thing, these teams played roughly two and a half, almost three weeks ago. Um, the Browns did go out and demolish the Texans. However, the Texans did not have C.J. Stroud. So it's a completely different game. My personal pick on this game is going to be the Cleveland Browns. Why? Number one, defense. I'm a defensive guy. always been a defensive guy. I played defense when I played, and I love defense. I think it wins championships, as uh, been proven by uh, Baltimore Ravens and many Many past teams, defenses win championships. We all know it. Um, today's game is a lot more based on the offense, but I do believe that the Browns have enough to get through this one. Plus, when it comes to offense, the Browns get Amari Cooper back. That's huge. Um, his last game against the Texans is when he got injured, I believe, and he got like 262 yards or something with two touchdowns. You got it right. 262 yards. Give it up for the man. God, man. That's a miracle. That's a blessing. It doesn't happen often, so... Cooper is back. That's amazing. The Browns have the number one ranked defense. That's amazing. And the Texans, they're, they're basically resting on C.J. Stroud. Um, he definitely has the ability, probably rookie of the year. I, I don't know how you don't give it to him. Um, congratulations to everything C.J. Stroud has accomplished. I see a lot of his sports cards going for some pretty good money right now, so he's like the big hit to get right now. Love what they've accomplished. They've definitely gone 10-7, and seven, but the Browns, 11-6. and six. Joe Flacco, what he's doing, the Flacco miracle. I watched him when he won the Super Bowls with Baltimore, and or the Super Bowl with Baltimore. It's only, only one. However, that defense was stellar as well. Flacco, he can control the game. He can manage the clock. He can, uh, he's got the experience, man. He, he's a, a veteran of the game, came off the couch. It's a Cinderella story. I, my personal and those have been following me a while, I always root for the Browns just because they suck so bad. The Browns and Cincinnati Bengals have been two of the teams AFC-wise I've rooted for just because they were so bad, and I like the Bengals' outfits. Um, but I love seeing the Browns do this. I'm going Browns on this one. I think the Texans are favored, especially being at home. But, hey, Browns all day. Next one, this one is, uh, this is I think, is our Peacock exclusive, so many people may not even watch it. This is the Dolphins versus the Chiefs. 
This is going to be cold, folks. This is going to be one of the coldest games on record, one of the top three coldest games in history. Um, Mahomes is 11-3 and three in the playoffs. I think that's definitely going to play into this one. Hill returns. Uh, Tyreek Hill, I believe that he's coming back. Oh, Hill returns to the Chiefs. So those that remember, he was, he was with the Chiefs when the Chiefs were making their runs. I'm sure we all remember. He's back. He's coming back to Arrowhead. That's going to be on and cracking, but it's going to be so cold. I think it's going to be difficult for him to be involved. I do see him coming across on a lot of sweeps and maybe short slants and those types of things. But with that type of cold, it's going to be very difficult to go down the field. Um, It's probably going to be windy as well. Um, Minus 30 degree wind chill. That is cold, man. And Hey, I hate the cold. I hate cold showers. I hate everything about the cold. It's one of my worst enemies. My heart goes out to all of these guys. It's going to be one hell of a battle. With that being said, I am betting Andy Reid. Um, battle of two great coaches. Take nothing away from Mike McDaniels and what he's accomplishing over there. A wonderful coach. I, I love his leadership. I love his interaction with his players. Much better than LaFleur's, even though they come from the same tree. Um, y'all heard me before. I don't even need to go off on Matt LaFleur and his lack of leadership from my point of view. He, he's a great offensive coordinator, but we don't need to get into all of his failures we're talking about the NFL. Chiefs, Andy Reid, they're going to pull that one out. Steelers versus Bills. This is my upset. And this is all come back probably to coaching too because I, I, I love Mike Tomlin, man. Mike Tomlinson, whatever he's accomplished over there, just amazing. I mean, just year after year. I think he's gone like 12 or 14 seasons now without a losing record. That's just an accomplishment, especially with what they're going through at quarterback. It is amazing to see what Mike Tomlin's doing. So give it up for that, man. Oh, man, one hell of a coach right there. Mason Rudolph, is he the is he the future? Kenny Pickett is not going to be the starter. It's still on Mason Rudolph. I believe he's like 3-0 and as a starter now. Um, no Gabe Davis for Buffalo. That's going to be huge. Gabe Davis doesn't really show up week in, week out. I know I had him on another fantasy teams. However, he does show up. And in the playoffs, Gabe Davis is pretty big. Having him not in the game, that could be a real issue. On the flip side, the Steelers will be without T.J. Watt. That is catastrophic. That is huge to the defense. That will definitely give the quarterback an extra second to throw the ball, literally like an extra second. 18 degrees with a possible snow and wind. So this can be another weather factor game. It might be broken down into the running game. I do um, enjoy Cooks with the Bills, but I don't think he's on that same level as Najee Harris. Najee Harris with his stiff arm and his ability to just dominate the run game. I think the uh, offensive line is probably, oh, that's a tough one, man. Both of their offensive lines are solid on some weeks and sketchy on others. So who's going to show up is basically that game. I'm going with the Steelers. I believe they're 10-point underdogs, um, but I'm going with them. I think that Mike Tomlin will have these boys ready. I think Mason Rudolph will come out and play a consistent game, minimize the turnovers, and all they need is that one mistake by the Bills. The Bills, Josh Allen, I like what he's about. He does pull that mistake. So I'm actually going Bills, underdog on that one. Packers versus Cowboys. Those that know me, I'm a Packers fan, ride or die. I've been a Packers fan for a long time. I'm not a Matt LaFleur fan, and... I'm going to be honest, if I bet with my heart, you know, with the heart, I want the Packers to win. I got a big heart over there riding right here at 9-8. and eight. It's an indoor game, so weather won't be a factor. But if you had me sitting and I have my rent money and I have to choose a winner, I'm betting on the Cowboys. You look at the st- statistics, they're definitely st- statistically better than the Packers. Will they show up? Will that play, you know, will it pan out? Who knows, especially with the Mark- Mike McCarthy team and a Dak Prescott team. Um, two guys that have choked in the past when it comes to the big moment. I don't mean choke as in disrespectful. It's just they didn't win the 
championship yet. So they, they typically fall short. Um, Mike McCarthy coming off 12 wins, and now people are questioning his job, especially with Pete Carroll and Belichick available. You know that uh, Jerry Jones, he's one to make a big splash. He would love to get Belichick on board, I'm sure. It's crazy coming off 12 wins that your job is even in jeopardy, but that's part of being the Cowboys head coach. That's what you signed up for and enjoy it. Mike McCarthy cannot go one and done or he'll probably be fired. I don't see him doing that. The pressure is on his back. It may get to him. Uh, We know McCarthy as Packer fans, and uh, this is going to be fun. The Packers, Jahir Alexander looks like he's questionable, so he rolled his ankle. Hopefully we have Jahir, especially with C.D. Lamb on the other side. We also have... uh, Christian Watson, he's questionable with his hamstring issue. He hasn't been playing very much. It would be a benefit to get him back for that down-the-field threat. However, the rookies for the Packers have been stepping up. And Jaden Reed, you have uh, Daytonovan Wicks. Uh, I said the first name wrong, but you got Wicks. You got uh, Dobbs. You got a lot of players out there. You got uh, number 80, man. I should remember your name. Uh, starts with the M or whatever. Melton, Bo Melton, Bo Melton. You got a lot of Packers youngsters out there making big plays. On the other side, you have C.D. Lamb, one of the most dominant wide receivers in the game today. You also have Brandon Cooks, amazing, amazing wide receiver. You have Michael Gallup on the other side. Ferguson's one hell of a tight end. Uh, Dak's been playing his best ball ever, best ball of his career. Uh, hat, you know, hats off to him. Never a Dak fan, but I do. I, I respect watching his development and what Mike McCarthy has been able to accomplish with him. So hats off to y'all. I hate to clap for you right now, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to give them, you know, hats off, but I still hope we kick your ass this weekend. Betting-wise, I would bet the Cowboys if I had to go even money. You're going to give me some odds or something. Hey, I'm going with my heart. I'm going Packers. However, I bet with my heart enough. I lived in Las Vegas. I understand. That'll get you broke, so be careful, folks. Um, Another indoor game, we have the Rams versus the Lions. This is a... This is a big one for me. Um, personally, just because those that don't know, I grew up an L.A. Rams fan before they left uh, to go to St. Louis, and then I, my favorite color was green. I was just a youngster. I had to choose between the Jets and the Green Bay Packers. That's when I met Brett Favre. I'm just going to say met him because he was on the TV, but I found out about Brett Favre, fell in love, been a Packer fan ever since. Uh, Brett Favre has definitely been a big part of my life. I love that guy. I know he has his debacle and his flaws, but, hey, I have more flaws than he will ever have. Trust me. Oh, man, Rams versus the Lions. This is going to be a good one, especially if you remember back to the Stafford-Goff trade. That was huge. Uh, Goff coming off the Super Bowl. I I don't even think he played in the Super Bowl. Come on, come on. Somebody remembers who played that actual Super Bowl. Goff and Stafford, that was a huge trade at the time. Now they get the revenge game. This is Matt Stafford's coming home to Detroit. Um, I see Detroit fans saying you can't wear his jersey in the stadium. Nothing but love for Stafford. He's been one hell of a quarterback. I think that Goff is following his footsteps when it comes to dudes just showing up. He's being very consistent. Goff has, uh, well, they get 12 wins this year. So Goff, hats off to you, man. You're, you're, doing, you're playing your ass off. You are, you are playing to expectations early in your career, and you are exceeding the expectations at this point in your career. So congratulations to you, Jared Goff. Uh, Stafford, one hell of a quarterback, man. I always love Stafford. He plays injured. If he can make it on the field, he's going to be there for his teammate. He's a true leader. Um, a motivation, a great player, still a lion. So I, I, you know, would definitely have some hate for you, but I have a lot more love than hate. So love both of these quarterbacks. Can't root for the line now. If I'm betting, I'm gonna bet on the Lions. A better just the twelve wins, better season. They have a Amon Ross, St. Brown. They have their running back combination between Montgomery and Gibbs is stellar. I was questioning with uh 
One of the homies robbed on Twitter. If y'all follow uh, UFC strike people, y'all know who I'm talking about. Big Lions fan. I remember at the beginning of the season asking him, y'all let uh, Swift go and Jamal Williams. Now, Jamal Williams from my hometown right here. He's a SoCal kid. I love Jamal Williams. He works with one of my partners that works with the youth out here. Jamal Williams, amazing person. Cannot be replaced in the locker room. However, they replaced him on the field. Um, What they pulled off by getting David Montgomery and Gibbs in that backfield is better than the Swift-Williams combination. It took me time to admit it, but what they've done has been a miracle. It's amazing. I wish that we would have drafted Amon Ross St. Browns as the Packers, but we let him go. We had his brother, Equinemius. Um, I wanted to see the brothers lined up, and what Amon Ross done over there has just been amazing. That's a lot in part due to the coaching and Jared Goff. So just hats off to that whole organization. What they accomplished was awesome, even though I hate to see it as a Packers fan. They're going to be in that position for years to come. Um, Rams, I hope you pull the win. Can't vote for the Lions. If I had to bet, I'm betting Lions. If you start giving me points and you ask me where my heart's at, I'm going with the Rams. I want to see the Rams win. I would bet the Lions win, but come on. Come on, L.A. Um, I hate I hate L.A. That's just an IE thing. I'm from the Dirty Dino. We do not. We're an hour away, and those are our rivals. We're the Insane Empire or the IE, and they are L.A. So IE, L.A., we don't click. With that being said, I hope the Rams win. Um, Eagles versus Buccaneers, last game of the weekend, and this is probably the largest one when it comes to coaching. I don't under, really understand, but Saban, uh, is it Saban? Is he their coach over there? No, it's not. Whatever it is. The coach of the Eagles, man, he's on the chopping block, and that's because they ended the season five of six. They lost five of their last six games. Um Injury bug going around. Jalen Hurts with his injured finger. It looked like a dislocation at one of the the top joints of his middle finger. That was sketchy. He says he hasn't thrown a ball since. He wished he didn't go back in the game. He was benched for Mariota um, last week. And interesting. They're definitely on a downward slope. Not the way you want to go into the playoffs, but this is week one. They come out. They, they play to their strengths. If they play the way that they can play, the Eagles should not have an issue. Buccaneers. I love this story. I love the Baker Mayfield thing. I love what's going on. I love seeing his success. Um, they're decent over there. Uh, I don't think that they have the better coach. However, I think that they may have the better defensive line. I, I love Vita Vea. I love a lot of the things, the pieces that they do have in play. I don't know how they made it this far. Um, I love the fairy tale, but if I have to bet, I'm going with the Eagles on this one. I know it's going to be close. They're playing in Tampa. Um, the weather should not be too much of an, oh, it's going to be windy. That's right. It's windy with a chance of rain, 50% chance of rain or snow. And there are going to be winds. I think it was like 10 to 18 mile per hour winds. That's, it's pretty gusty. So Eagles, they do rely a lot on throwing the ball. They do have a running game in place, but they do rely a lot on throwing the ball. The Buccaneers, on the other hand, they can play all phases. You got Baker Mayfield. He'll, he'll sling that rock in the wind. So who knows? This is going to be one hell of a game. I think that the coach for the Eagles needs to win with all these uh, hot head coaches that just came on the market. I could actually jump into that and give you my personal opinion. So winners of this weekend, I'm going Browns, Chiefs, Steelers. I want the Packers, but if I had to bet, you know, I'm going Cowboys. I, I hate to say it, but um, I'm going Lions, even though I want the Rams and the Eagles. So Browns, Chiefs, Steelers, Cowboys, Lions, Eagles. Um, that's if I had to bet with no point spread. Let's go to the head coaching positions. Now, this actually stirs up the whole NFL just because there has been some legends, some absolute legends um, let go, and that starts with Bill Belichick. Give it up for that man and what he's accomplished. 
Holy shit. It's just amazing. It's amazing that uh, Belichick craft that whole organization. You have to give it to Tom Brady, just the things that they went through. Uh, Gronkowski was over there. Those remember the Aaron Hernandez thing with his murders and all that stuff. Um, it's been it's been a fiasco over there, and the entire time Bill Belichick was able to manage it. So hats off to Belichick, one of the true legends in the game. Not sure where you're gonna go next, but you know, just pump pump to see whatever you do, and uh, thank you for all the memories you've given us. Flip side, Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll was let go by the Seattle Seahawks. That's interesting. Dude still has all the energy in the world. Um, amazing coach. I just listening to his players come around him and just Richard Sherman and the love that everybody has for him. I know he's made one giant mistake by not handing the ball to Marshawn Lynch. We could talk about that one, but we don't even need to talk about it. It's been spoke about. Everything that needs to be said has been said. We can hold that one against him, but that's basically the only play you can hold against him. The dude's done nothing but perform miracles over there in Seattle. That's coming from a guy that watched him at USC with Matt Liner and Reggie Bush and what he was able to accomplish there. As soon as they got Reggie Bush for taking money, legal issues started taking place, suspensions, stripping of Heisman. Pete Carroll said, peace, I'm out. He took off to the NFL. He uh, escaped all disciplinary actions and... I had nothing wrong with that one, man. Pete Carroll, once he went to Seattle, I said, they're going to win a Super Bowl, man. I, I saw what he did at USC. So, ah, Pete Carroll, man, what you accomplished, amazing as well. Give it up for that, man. All right, so head coaching positions. I'm going to run through the eight. There's actually eight teams right now with head coach, and there's some real GM issues as well. I think like five of them lost their GMs, but I'll go through that. Eight of them. We have Washington, Tennessee, uh, Washington Commanders, Tennessee Titans, Carolina Panthers, Seattle Seahawks, Los Angeles Chargers, Las Vegas Raiders, Atlanta Falcons, and the New England Patriots. So, oh man, I'm going to break down, just go one by one. Uh, my eighth favorite, so my least favorite place as a head coach that I would personally want to go to. And um, down towards the end, I really wanted to switch my number one pick just because there's some weapons in places, other places, but I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll, Communicate with that one when I get there. Let's start number eight, Washington Commanders. I wouldn't want to be there. They just relieved Ron Rivera. They also relieved the general manager. That needed to be done, I'm sure. They actually have a new ownership. This was their first year in the new ownership. They didn't like the direction the team was going. Can't blame them. Gave them the boot. Ron Rivera, not sure where he will end up, but he'll probably get considered for something. Um, Right now, Washington. Why would I not want to be there? There are some good things there. Where it's not good is a quarterback. They have no quarterback. It's a fiasco there. Um, I think the culture is really bad. Their highest paid player is Terry Mc, uh, Terry McLaurin, and he's making $23 million a year. With that being said, they have the number two pick in the draft, so you can actually pick up a franchise quarterback. So that'll fix your quarterback issue, hopefully, as long as you draft well. They have $75 million in cap space. They have plenty of money. So they can when you go in there, it's going to be a complete rebuild. You have the resources to do it. Um, the culture is bad. I think you know it's definitely a losing culture. You got to go in there and start with the culture. You can always bring in the pieces, but you got to start with the culture and who's going to want to be there. So you're going to have to pay people to go in to be there because they know they're not making the playoffs most likely. That's a very difficult division, and you're going to have to somehow surpass the Cowboys just to win it. So that's a tough one. Washington, tough job. Don't want it. Somebody's going to get there, and hopefully they turn that organization around. Um, number seven, Tennessee Titans. I'll start right now, and just before I get too far, is Mike Vrabel was let go. Uh, surprisingly, a lot of people were surprised. However, my question with this organization is um, you have no more Derrick Henry. 
That's huge. Derrick Henry, give it up for that, man. I love Derrick Henry. I love the announcements he made after the game, how he picked up the mic, and he actually spoke to the crowd for a couple minutes and just said thank you. A great um, leader of the locker room, a great um, role model for the children, and somebody that after the game, after his last game, he went out there and he took pictures and signed autographs for the fans for over an hour, and that's just somebody that we would really like in our locker room in Green Bay and just a great player, man. We we have Aaron Jones in our locker room, another great person, but uh, – Man, Derrick Henry, my heart goes out to you. I'm not sure where you're going to go. You're like the last generation of the three down back. I mean, before you, you're like the Adrian Peterson of this shit, man. I loved Adrian Peterson as well, even though, you know, as a Packers fan, we couldn't like him when he played with uh, Minnesota. But there's just that, that breed of running back has definitely gone to the wayside. And Derrick Henry, my heart goes out to you. With that being said, I remember when they traded A.J. Brown. Everybody sees what A.J. Brown's doing in Philadelphia. I still fail to understand why they made that trade. Tennessee was rocking at that point. Um, you couldn't drop a safety down into the box to even help you against Derrick Henry because you had A.J. Brown on the outside. There was somebody else, on, and it, just the duo was amazing. That's definitely fallen off uh, with the trade of A.J. Brown. That's why I have him so low on my list. They do have the number seven draft pick, but I just didn't like that A.J. Brown trade. I thought that was a horrible idea. Their highest paid player right now is Tannehill. I'm not sure Tannehill's the future. They did draft... Malik Willis a couple years ago. I'm not sure whatever happened to him. He's fallen back, and he's not their starting quarterback. They got Will Levis. I think they picked him 33rd in the draft, if I remember correctly. Is he the future going forward? So you got you don't have a franchise quarterback. You may have some quarterbacks, and it's a very interesting situation over there. They do have the number seven pick. Somebody might fall franchise quarterback. You could probably pick him up around there, but then what do you do with Will Levis? What do you do with... You know, all these guys in place, it's a fiasco. Um, Tennessee, that's why I wouldn't want to be there. They do have $71 million in cap space, so they can bring people in. And that's before, you know, you get rid of the Henry contract and everybody. They're going to have some money, so they're going to be able to spend it. I just don't like the way that the – I don't like the way that that organization has been led to this point. Um, number six, Carolina. Carolina Panthers, that's a fiasco in itself. They have a couple pieces in place. Frank Wright is out along with the GM, so they're going to have to make some things up in the up in the office. No first-round pick. This was a disaster that they signed up for last year with the uh, Bryce Young trade, and they traded the pick, I believe, to the Bears. So Carolina with no first-round pick. So you're going in there. You do have Bryce Young, possible franchise quarterback, possible. A lot of people question that. Um, I personally love his ability. I love what he displayed against Green Bay. Um, I don't watch too many of their games, but when he played against Green Bay, he played awesome. DJ Chark, I'm a big believer in that guy. I love his ability, his athleticism, the way that he plays the game. He needs to control his emotion. He's a very emotionally driven guy, but that's fine. He's very, he's a hothead. You can tell. He, he wants to go. Kind of like a... I love DJ Moore, too. They're just some really young talent. I love DJ Chark and what he's able to accomplish. You get him, Bryce Young, you get him on the same page. You have uh, Chubbard over there as a running back. Carolina, I question why they let go of McCaffrey. Ever since then, that's why they're so low on my list as well. That's, that's something that you've always got to question. That's a generational talent that you had on your team. Don't understand why they let him go. You see what he's done ever since. So I question that in the organization. Uh, $23 million in cap space. They have the ability to move, bring some players in as well. They're not hurting but they're not in the best spot either. Do have a quarterback. Is it a franchise quarterback? That's all up for debate, but you do have Bryce Young. So Carolina, number six. Number five, Seattle. Um, 
Reason I put number five so low, Seattle, is just because with Pete Carroll, I, I love Pete Carroll. I love the uh, the stability that they gave him. They they gave him a lot of leeway. He was there, I think, fourteen seasons. So that just says a lot about their culture. I think anybody going in there, they do have the right culture in the locker room. When you go in there, you don't have to turn all that around. You can kind of go in. He had guys working the right way. You know, it's Pete Carroll. I mean, he's a legend. He's he's a true legend. So I think that that's set up. They have the number 16th pick in the draft, so you're decent. You know, you're halfway up. Their quarterback situation is Geno Smith. I believe he's the highest paid right now at $25 million a year. you got to figure that out. I don't think Geno is a franchise quarterback. Um, I don't think you're going to find a franchise quarterback at number 16. Can you trade around, try to get up there? Possibly. You can find a, You can definitely find a franchise quarterback at 16, depending on how the draft plays out. Um, but we'll see. Well, I mean, you have Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott changed his game. I think he was like a fourth-round pick or something. So, you can definitely, they're there. Will they find him? Um, Geno Smith, it, Geno's Geno. He's always going to be close. He shows up some week. He's just very inconsistent. Pete Curl couldn't get him to the playoffs with Geno, even though they got really close, man. They were battling with Green Bay right there towards the end. Seattle, the reason I don't like them, negative four, and uh, they're over on cap. Not much, four million in cap space, but they don't really have the cap space to bring people in. You can definitely get rid of Geno. That frees up $25 million, but now you got to replace him, hopefully with a rookie contract, and that gives you a little leeway. At least now you're not over on the cap. The reason why they're number five is simply due to ownership, the support that ownership has given Pete Carroll. It seems like their head is in a good place, and even if Pete Carroll stays as some type of advisor or something, I'm not sure what he's going to do going forward. Um, I'm excited for Seattle. I think they have a good culture, good organization, and – it would be a nice place to land. I think they'll be very supportive of whoever gets in that position. Number four. This was a tough one. I think it could go to three. It could definitely be above my number three pick. But Los Angeles Chargers. I I, I love what they've got going just because Brandon Staley is out. The GM is also out. They have $35 million in cap space, and they have the number five pick in the draft. On top of that, they have a franchise quarterback in Justin Herbert. Um, he is paid substantially at $52 million. They do have that cap space issue. At they're $35 million over in cap space, so they got to go in and you got to start making cuts immediately. That's going to be tough. The GM previously put you in a real bad spot, but you do have Joey Bosa. You have uh, Keenan Allen. I think Eckler's off of his contract, but you have Mike Mike Williams. They're, they got a lot of young talent over there on the offensive side. Plus, you have a franchise quarterback in place. You are going to have to figure out some cap space, make some moves. Joey Bosa, he's uh, a lot of injuries. Uh, the, the main thing with the Chargers that I, I'm very aware of, especially with Corey Lindsley, their starting center out for the season, looking for retirement. It look, looks like he's looking at retirement due to, I believe it was a neck issue or something. Corey Lindsley, the former center for the Green Bay Packers, so I'm very aware of who this individual is. Um, he's a very strong player in that you know starting center spot, and they lost him for the season. They lost Joey Bosa to injury, Mike Williams out for injury, just a lot of injury bug over there. Austin Eckler was out part of the season for injury, I believe, and very curious what they're going to do going forward, but not a bad spot to land. Before I go too much further, Pete Carroll, if he landed in L.A., would be substantial for the Chargers. He would bring in... A lot of the crowd from the USC fans would jump right over. It would bring more fans into the Chargers organization that has been there for years. So Pete Carroll to the Chargers would be, bing, a, a nice little hit right there. Um, due to the history, due to his ability, you give him Justin Herbert, he, he, he'll show that he will produce. Um, 
with what he did with Russell Wilson, he wouldn't even be a bad Pete Carroll. You could even put him over there with Carolina with Bryce Young, you know, and just seeing what he was able to accomplish with Russell Wilson, the shorter quarterback that can do it. It would be amazing to see what Pete Carroll can do there. So Pete Carroll is just a legend. You can plug him in basically anywhere. Um, that's number four, the Chargers. Number three, Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, I say that because Antonio Pierce may be hired back, may not. Um, I don't believe in Al Davis or just the Davis family as owners. Um, they've been a fiasco. I'm not sure if Al Davis passed away. Uh, RIP if he did. Otherwise, he, he should be damn near and his son took over. I don't really remember, but Josh McDaniels is out along with the GM. So they're both out. Um what they do have is a 13th pick. They have 21 million and nope, they have 36 million in cap space, so you can bring people in. They do have some talent in Devontae Adams and Max Crosby. You have generational talent possibly in Max Crosby. I'm not a big fan of his personally outside of the of uh, football, not really, um but on the field that dude is a beast. Um Oh man, I, I all I can picture right now is just them smoking all them cigars like they made the playoffs and they didn't even make the playoffs. So that's why I laugh when I think about Max Crosby and just like all oh, their cigar smokings and all. You don't smoke the cigar till the fat lady sings and he's not into ladies, so maybe he was waiting for the fat man. That's all. Hey, 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 hey. What are we? <laughs> leave it away. Leave that one where it is. The other concern is Devontae Adams. I saw that Garrett Wilson switched his number from 17. I believe he went back to five, his college number. Why would Garrett Wilson give up 17? Looks like Devontae Adams may be over there throwing a hissy fit trying to get out of L.A. or Las Vegas. They're no longer L.A. So Devontae Adams, we're all aware that he can throw his little hissy fits and get out of there. I'm so thankful he's no longer a Packer, especially once he went to the Raiders and started pulling that uh, Raider-type bull jives when he was pushing cameramen over and just his attitude. I never liked his attitude when he was a Packer. I always thought he was a very selfish individual, but one hell of a player, take nothing away from what he does on the field. His uh, breaks in and out of routes, the way that he cuts it off, just his intelligence and his, uh, I mean, it's his release. I mean, everything about Devontae Adams as a wide receiver is beautiful. However, I can see him throwing some little hissy fit and getting out of Las Vegas, that would make it very difficult for the next coach to not have Devontae Adams and to go in and just initially be walking into that headache. That would suck. On top of that, that Antonio Pierce over there, he won over the locker room because Josh McDaniels lost it. Now you have people like Max Crosby really pushing for uh, Pierce to get that job. And if he doesn't get the job, what is that going to result in? That's a whole other fiasco. You really don't want your star defensive players to be unhappy, especially with the coaching situation. Antonio Pierce may not be the best head coach. He definitely is one of the best leaders in the locker room. I think he'd make a great defensive coordinator. I don't think he has enough experience in the defensive coordinator position to really show his resume as a head coach, but what he was able to accomplish was beautiful. I don't want to take anything away from him. If he does get the head coach position, I think that he'll do well, but I think that he can also learn with another four, three, four years under as defensive coordinator, just learning the system, how to implement things. But as a leader, he needs nothing more. Amazing player, great player, and I love what he was doing over there in the Raiders. So what they're going to do, not really sure. They have cap space. Will they have Devontae Adams? Possibly. What they don't have is a franchise quarterback. That's a big concern there. I don't believe in their ownership and leadership. Um, I've always questioned it. And what are you doing? You have no Garoppolo. Your next guy, I forget who he was. So what are they doing quarterback-wise? They do have the number 13 pick in the draft. You can always move that up, move it down. But what are they going to do? No franchise quarterback. You have other pieces in place, but you may have a divided locker room depending if they don't bring back Pierce. So that's a whole interesting situation. 
Number two, Atlanta, man. This is my number one, really, but I'm going to go number two. This is the hardest one. They let go of Arthur Smith. They have the number eight pick in the draft, so that's good. Desmond Ritter, what is going on? Is Desmond Ritter just a bad pick? Was he there? Was Arthur Smith not able to capitalize on his ability and not able to bring out his full potential? Is Desmond Ritter the bust that he appeared to be by the end of the year last year? Um, I didn't watch enough to tell you if his ability wasn't there. He was drafted high, so I'm not sure what exactly is going on with the Desmond Ritter situation. That would be the first thing for the coach, but he does have pieces in place that might he might be able to apply. So, Desmond Ritter, you have B. John Robertson, you have Kyle Pitts, you have Drake London. There are some substantial, amazing offensive talent over there. Their O-line can use some improvements. I think they're getting a little old, but just overall, the offense over there is stellar with you know just key places that are number one all around the league. B. John Robertson is amazing. Watching his runs is stellar. Kyle Pitts, one of the number one, I mean, one of the top three tight ends in the league when it comes to ability and just what he's displayed. Amazing talent. Um, Drake London, you see some of the things he pulls off. He did get injured a couple times, but just an amazing wide receiver. So they're really close over there on the offensive side. It's a, as a head coach, you got to control it all. If you can turn around that defense and get you some decent play out of the quarterback position, they're in a great place. It's a great place over there in uh, Atlanta. They also... 21 million in cap space, so you're not over, you're not hurting, you have a little bit of leeway, plus you have the number eight pick. They can they can accomplish something amazing over there in Atlanta if you get the right pieces, if you get the right coach, the right leadership in the building. Um, I mean, Atlanta, I, I still think of them in the Matt Ryan years. That was the last year's they were good, and that was after the Mike Vick scenario. So Atlanta's been through a lot. I love Atlanta. They have a piece of my heart because that was the first football game I ever attended in real life was the Cardinals versus the Atlanta Falcons. The Kurt Warner years versus Matt Ryan. Kurt Warner pulled off the win in Arizona. But ever since I went there, I've just always had a different level of appreciation for him as my first football game. So Atlanta, be a hot spot. Whoever lands there, you got it made. Um, Offensively, defense, you're going to have a tough time. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Dan Quinn ends up there. I mean, he'll turn that defense around. Just give him the offensive P. That would be an amazing setup. But not even getting into that. My number one, and it's pretty clear now because I went through everything else, and they let go of Bill Belichick, so that's a true legend in itself. I just believe in Robert Kraft. The only reason they're number one, I know they have the number three pick in the draft. They also have Mac Jones. Is Mac Jones the future? That's up for debate. He's kind of like the uh, Desmond Ritter. Is he the bust? Was he the problem? If Belichick couldn't pull it off, I'm going to bet that probably Mac Jones isn't the future, but... We can see they definitely still have them on the roster. They have a couple other pieces in place that are, they have some good wide receivers over there. They also have 64 million in cap space. So you have the ability to bring in talent. You have plenty of money. If you get a good, somebody good there, I just think Robert Kraft is so supportive in what he was able to do with Belichick. That's why he is my number one spot. Just because I think just a support system. I think that leadership has been in place. They give you a great comfort. If you go in there, you don't have to worry about your job so much. I think that they've, uh, They've just shown great ownership, and I think that all that starts at the head. I know that Belichick definitely has fumbled it since uh, Brady has gone away, but was Brady the really, you know, I'll give Brady his pro. I think he was the GOAT. I think he was the reason for most of their success, but without Robert Kraft, without Belichick in place, I don't think Brady would have been what he was, and without Robert Kraft in place to allow both of those guys to flourish, to uh develop and just become what they did especially with that relationship it was nothing but support and I've loved to see that up top Robert Kraft what he accomplishes he's the guy that I would want to work for um the other pieces will fall in I believe under 
but I think that Robert Kraft would be one of the top owners to work for, and that just brings you into a good place. Not sure what Belichick's going to do, if he's going to keep going or if he's going to stay and be an advisor. Um, I believe he was going to stay around and kind of be more of an advisor role, but either way, I just love the way that that organization is structured. So they would actually be my number one pick. Personnel-wise, you have to go with Atlanta. They have more weapons, but you can go back to their ownership. you got to just question a lot of things that happen up top, and and it, uh, it dwindles down from there. So New England having the number three pick in the draft, what are they going to do? They also have Mac Jones. Are they going to trade him? Are they going to try to use him? Are you going to try to pick up a great talent over there, like one of these Harrison Jr. as a wide receiver? I mean, that could be a great plug-and-play and, play and uh, interesting, interesting. So that wraps up today's episode. Um, definitely that's wild card weekend with the head coaching positions that are currently available. There's definitely going to be some pieces falling, especially once the playoffs complete to see what all is going on. Uh, there's some playoff coaches as in the Eagles and the Cowboys. you got 12-win teams that the coaches have to win. That's very interesting. I mean, that's a tough job. I'm glad that I'm not a coach personally, head coach. If you're pulling off 12 wins, winning your division, getting in there, but you can't pull one and done, and you're probably going to lose your job. That's a tough spot to be in. You want to talk about job security, the NFL head coach is not the place for you, man. Um, McCarthy, I, I've always, you know, nothing but respect for what he's been able to accomplish as a former Packer, we know. And uh, just the organization all together, man. I'm watching the NFL. Um, it's going to be a very weather, weather, weather-controlled weekend. You know, there's a lot of weather going on. It's wintertime, folks. It's hitting. We're going to have the ice snow bowl. We've got Andy Reid. There's some great coaches in the playoffs, some great coaching positions open and available. And that's Bob Dowell wrapping it up for you. I love, appreciate each and every one of y'all, and I'm out. The time has come. You've been listening to the Nipple Whiskers Podcast with your host, Bob Dog. He doesn't like you either. Follow us on social media, subscribe on YouTube, and visit nipplewhiskerspodcast.com for exclusive offers and information on upcoming episodes. This podcast will now self-destruct in three, two, one.